Procrastination is something that all of us struggle with. And when we procrastinate, there's always some reason. Your procrastination always tells a story. It might be the fear of failure. What if the thing that you're trying to do doesn't succeed? What if you end up worse than where you were when you started? But did you know that aside from the fear of failure, fear of success could also be a huge reason why people procrastinate. To discuss the fear of success and several other factors that can stand between you and your vision for the future, I had a talk with the goal setting and goal success coach Christina Jepson. In this talk, we discuss what are some factors that can stop you from reaching where you want to be, what are some steps you can apply right now to achieve the goal that you dream to achieve, and we also discuss some ways to build good habits and stick to some perfect habits that can help you become a better version of yourself. So let's invite Christina and let's hear her expertise on what it takes to reach your goal. Hi, Christina. Thank you so much for being here. I just checked your uh, profile and it says that you are a coach who helps people set uh, ambitious and yet realistic goals. And you also help people to identify their vision for the future and achieve sustainable change. So that sounds so amazing. So can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do so that our viewers can get to know you better? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh, so happy to be here with you. Uh, I'm a coach. I've been coaching for six and a half years. Uh, in different areas. I started out as a habit coach and accountability coach, and now I'm focusing a little bit more on setting visions and working with goal setting uh, and finding your focus in, uh, in working towards your dreams. And I think goal setting in itself is, of course, just one of many tools, but it's so key for many people because you have... A lot of people have an idea about what they want in life, but either they're not clear on exactly what that means, they haven't visualized it, or they think that their vision for And so I help them sort of uh, both explore the vision and then transform that into an actual goal, like tangible goals that they can work with. Okay, that sounds super interesting. I'm sure... Uh... Our, our, our viewers here would be very interested to hear a real life story, a client story. So can you share with us a story that your client applied the tips that you shared and then was able to fulfill their goals? Yeah, sure. Uh, I have, uh, for example, one client uh, that I've been working with for about three years. And uh, two and a half years ago, she was feeling like she needed to change something in her business. She'd been running her own uh, consultant business uh, for about three or four years. And she wanted it to be more profitable and she wanted to grow her business, but without having to hire a lot of new people or expanding that way. And she also wanted some more freedom for herself and uh, her everyday life. So we sat down two years later, two years after doing uh, that pivot. Uh, she's approaching uh, $1 million on just online courses. So it was really, really good. And that was, of course, also, you know, she started that two years ago. So that was one year before uh, the whole COVID pandemic and, uh, and that 
forced everyone to go online. Um, so lucky break, but it really helped when we sat down and looked at what is your vision for your future? How do you want to live your personal life as well as your work life? And what does that mean for what you actually need to focus on in your business? That is so amazing that someone was able to make this kind of change in their life based on your help. I'm super inspired by that. So, Christina, based on your experience, when do you think is the right time for a person to approach a coach so that they can uh, fulfill their dreams even better? I think you need to already know that you want to change. So you need to have done that process and come to that conclusion. And uh, you may have started that change yourself uh, because you know sort of in broad strokes what, what it is you want to accomplish. Or you might realize that you need help in defining your goals. So it depends a little bit on what your goals are. Uh, but I think at a certain point, even if you start yourself and start going at it, for example, me starting my business, um, I knew that I had a lot of resources. I had businesses, so I did a lot of the work myself on my own. But then at a certain point, I realized, okay, I'm at the point now where I need help and guidance in which way to go and how to structure this. And I need that from somebody who's done it before. Uh, so that was my key sort of cue for hiring a business coach. For another person, it might be that they feel stuck and they uh, know that they want to make a change, but they don't actually know how to make it. They feel that they have limiting beliefs or things holding them back and they need, that they need to work on. And um, some of that you can do on your own, but uh, a coach will actually um, work as a catalyst that will uh, quicken the process. And, uh, and by being uh, a challenger, I, I call myself a challenger because I challenge my clients to uh, think differently or to um, go beyond what they perceive as their um, sort of limits for themselves yeah that sounds very interesting and it's true for me also like when i was first uh, about to launch my own business i i felt i couldn't do it alone and that's when i went to a business coach and within one month i had launched launched my course and the the difference that a coach can bring about in a in an individual's life is actually amazing and but obviously the first step needs to come from you that you need you are ready to take take a leap and go to the next level in your personal or professional life. And based on that, you can hire a coach. So yeah, that's very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Mm. So do you have a framework? Because most people, they are, they lose themselves in short term goals, right? That this is my to do list for today. And if I finish this, it's done. So how should one go about their day to day tasks and also keep a vision for the future in mind so that they can realize their dreams? So is, do you have a framework or a process that you share with your clients and that you can share with us today? that would be helpful to our watchers. Absolutely. I worked as a project manager before, so I'm sort of used to always living a little bit in the future. While I think it's important to be in the here and now, I always have sort of my 
one eye on the future and on my future goals. Uh, but in order to keep those goals, the overarching goals in mind uh, in the everyday life, uh, I recommend that you do weekly and monthly reviews where you uh, not only set goals and uh, look at what, what you did the past week or the past month, but you also make sure that the things you're doing right now are aligned with your overarching goals and your long-term goals. So that they're always, uh, like that's one of the points in the weekly or monthly review that you make sure that, okay, all of these goals that I've set, are they aligned with my overarching goals? Right. I was actually about to ask you about reviews and why they are important, but you've actually answered that for us. What are some questions or prompts that can make sure that a person gets the most out of these reviews? So can you share with us some ways to carry out periodic reviews? Yes. So the first thing I like to do when I or a client of mine sits down to do a review is to look at the period that passed. So for example, for a weekly review, uh, what did I get done this week? Uh, just basic what happened uh, and then what went well, which is, you know, according to plan or even better. And what can I learn from that? What didn't go so well? And this is maybe even more important. What uh, obstacles did I run into? Uh, did I fail to do something, forget to do something? And then what can I learn from that? And once you've done that, you look at next week. So you start looking forward. What do I have coming up? Um, how can I plan around that? Can I, uh, are there any obstacles, foreseeable obstacles that I need to work around? And then you do the start, step, continue. So what do I need to start doing? that I didn't do last week or do even more of than I did last week? What do I need to stop doing or do less of? And then what do I need to continue? In other words, what went really well and this is the perfect amount and I just have to bring it into next week as well. So start, stop, continue, and then make sure you learn from what happened last week and take those lessons with you into next week. I love the concept of start, stop, continue. This is such a great tool for being self-aware and using your past mm -hmm. as a, you know, launching board for a better future. So this is definitely a technique I'm also going to use from now on. So thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, I also wanted to ask you about accountability. So uh, when someone is working towards a goal or a project, what are some ways they can hold themselves accountable? Well, this is really different for different people. Uh, some people are pretty much self-motivated and they just set up uh, goals for themselves and they reach those goals without too much uh, struggle. But a lot of people actually need some sort of external accountability or external motivators. So, uh, you have to look at that first of all, like what are your motivators? Where is your motivation coming from, from within or externally? And then you also have to look at how much external, if that's what you need, how strong does that accountability need to be? For some people, it actually is enough that you write things down and then you check off that list and that's enough. Just knowing that you have to check off the list. For other people, they might need 
an accountability partner or buddy. Uh, so, for example, if you're a student, you might need a study buddy that you sit in the same place or over Zoom and you study together just to make sure that you're studying. Uh, or you might work on your personal goals and to have an external accountability buddy, you talk to a friend or a partner about what those goals are. And that creates an external expectation that might work as an accountability and then, yeah, for other people or for other bigger, more challenging goals, you might need a formal uh, accountability partner. So that could be uh, a friend that you go to work out with. So you actually set up goals together and you work towards running a marathon together. Or it might be like a trainer or a coach uh, that you schedule sessions with you during those sessions set up very clear uh, action points that you're going to do until the next session and then in the next session you know when that's happening and you know you're going to go through that list and uh, and you're going to have to explain what happened why did it, why didn't you reach your goals if you didn't and also set up new goals for the next time you can also work with um consequences so setting up consequences for yourself either positive uh like positive reinforcements if you reach your goals or negative consequences or losing out on something if you don't uh, reach your goals so there are some different things you can do but i think uh having an accountability coach or accountability partner of some kind is probably the most powerful for most people so for big goals or very challenging goals i would say that's really a, a strong help i totally agree with that because when i was starting a habit of uh, meditation uh, i had an accountability coach uh, a friend of mine who's a habit coach and uh, talking just checking in every day with him was a major Way, major step in a way in which I could stick to this daily habit. And when you're working towards a goal, it's even more important to have someone to hold you accountable. And if you can't find a partner who's working on the same goals, you can always hire a coach because uh, that is so much powerful and so valuable, right? And also the simple mm. trick which I used to do is that, I think it's very common, but you know, whenever you are... Uh, Whenever you did what you wanted to do on that day, just mark it on the calendar. And then when you see a streak, an unbroken streak, you feel very proud of yourself and you don't want to break it and you want to keep that streak going on. That is also another way I have found helpful in holding myself accountable. Absolutely. Working on streaks really, really helps. I have uh, on the CoachMe platform that I use to uh, track my habits, I have, uh, I think, a three-year streak of uh, doing accountability coaching for others. Uh, and that really helped me going because I knew I didn't want to lose one day. Uh, so, so that works really well for a lot of people as well. Yes, and for building habits. And I think uh, when you're building a habit, it's usually in the first one to two months that you're going to struggle the most. And then it just keeps going. But, you know, if you have a three-month streak, you don't want to lose one day. So uh, it really helps. 
True, and a three-year streak. Wow, that's amazing. And I, I don't, I don't think I have a streak of that long of any habit. So it's really amazing. It was determination. <laughs> Absolutely, there is no denying that you need to be very determined to achieve a streak at any habit or working towards any goal. No shortcuts around that. So you also talk a lot uh, about routines. Christina, I've seen on your YouTube page that you talk about routines. So there are so many people, uh, people I know, people among my friends, and even myself included. Sometimes people struggle to stick to a routine or to even build one for themselves, and they feel that routines are not important. My life is as it's good as it is. Why do I need a routine? Why do I need rules? So, can you share with us why routines are important and how they can help someone? Yes, I think. Well, first of all, what is a routine? And a routine is really a chain of habits that you string together in a certain uh, order. So that's what a routine is. And why they're important is, and I think a lot of people actually have realized this during this year, this past year, when we've been working home a lot. And so some of the external structures that we've had, like going to the office at a certain time, having coworkers around us or, uh, you know, going home at a certain time, uh, those structures are gone. And routines will keep structure to your day. And it makes you, uh, first of all, it, it re reduces the amount of uh, decisions you have to make. Uh, because if you have a morning routine, you know what you're doing. Once you get up in the morning, I'm, I'm making my coffee, then I'm sitting in my chair and I'm doing some meditation, then I'm writing for half an hour or so, and then I do whatever it is next. So I have this routine, which means I don't have to make a decision every morning. What am I going to do next? Um, so that clears up the mind. Also, make sure that I have... Um, healthy habits that I'm continuously doing every day. So I go for a walk in the middle of the day, for example, after my lunch. Excellent. Um, another thing uh, that it does, for example, a bedtime routine, which is also a really good idea to have, is that it prepares the mind and the body for what you're going to do next. So by having a bedtime routine, even if I'm not 100% tired and like ready to go to bed at that time, if I start my routine, that tells my mind and my body that it's time to wind down and it's time to get ready to sleep. So uh, that's another thing that these routines create. They create like an external uh, structure for the day, which might help and actually helps uh, fight... Uh, some things like uh, uh, just losing losing a sense of um, I don't know what to say. So strength that. <laughs> Can you cut that out? <laughs> yeah, sure, definitely, no problem. Thank you. Uh, just leave it at what I said before. Okay, so that's what that's what like with the preparing the four points. Yeah, right. So I'm, uh, I'm quickly recapping because I found this really interesting that routines add a structure to your day. And even if you're completely on your own and you're working from home, there's still something that, can, uh, that you can stick to every day and there's a sense of comfort in that. 
it reduces decisions the number of decisions you have to make clears up the mind and you are consciously doing some healthy habits that you're repeating every day which is a great obviously it's a great step and also routines prepare the mind and body for what it's about to do next which is so interesting because yeah. there was a time when i couldn't go to sleep if i didn't scroll on instagram for like 1 hour before bed and i knew it was bad because my sleep time was getting pushed later and obviously you gain nothing by scrolling mindlessly so that was when i started this nighttime ritual of like there are a few steps five or six steps and i have been doing that every day since uh 6 6 7 months i think and it's been very effective so i can totally vouch for that that routines really help you uh consciously choose good habits over bad ones so uh christina for someone who has never consciously built a routine for themselves can you share us some tips uh, in which they can build a morning or a night routine for themselves obviously the answer would be different for both times of the day but just some basic steps that a person can use to build a routine yeah sure so for example i think for me personally uh, i'm very focused on people getting enough sleep because so many of my clients come to me and say i'm not productive then it turns out they're sleeping 5 or 6 hours a night so therefore i think morning and bedtime routines are probably uh the most important routines uh and for a morning routine for example i would first of all say start simple make it small you don't have to have a one hour routine uh that makes you sort of have to get up an hour earlier and stresses you out uh but make it small so maybe just like a 10 minute routine every morning and you start out there and then you can build on that and i would say key for me is first of all i want to have something to look forward to in the morning because uh, i'm not like a a lark that just springs out of bed and happy and ready to get started uh i need you know like in half an hour to an hour to get started and get my mind sort of set to uh, start the day so i want something to look forward to something that makes me get out of bed for me that's my morning coffee i love it i make like a, a nice big cup of coffee that i enjoy second it's waking the brain up somehow uh connecting with myself is my way so i meditate for 10 minutes uh you can meditate for 2 minutes by just sitting down and uh consciously focusing on your breath and just count your breaths for example for 2 two minutes or 1 minute it doesn't have to be long but just sort of to center yourself and gently connect with yourself and then after that i do some writing uh this is the main part of my morning routine i use it to reflect on what's going on in my head uh you know the thoughts that are rumbling around there and also to reflect on big decisions i might have or uh what i need to focus on in my life or in my work so it can be personal life or or work uh i do that for at least half an hour every morning but you can just set a timer for 5 minutes and just do some unstructured writing just to get things out of your head and down on paper and then i like to 
look over my priorities for the day. So I set priorities. I look in my calendar. Do I have meetings coming up, for example? Do I need to prepare for those? Uh, what's my top priority? What I absolutely want to have finished by the end of the day? And by looking at that before I get started, I also know where am I going to start? Uh, well, for example, today we had this interview, so I knew that my first uh, item on my list today was to go through uh, the questions you'd sent me and think about how, how do I want to talk about these things? What can I answer? So those things, like four things, uh, something to look forward to, connecting with yourself somehow, unstructured or structured writing, whatever you prefer, and then setting priorities. And that doesn't have to take more than maybe 10 minutes. Right. I love that. I love how actionable that is. And I think the biggest takeaway here is that a routine doesn't have to be like one hour or two hours long. It can be short. And especially when you're starting, you can just start with two minutes of one particular or two particular habits you want to do and then keep doing them and stick to them and then slowly build up on it. So, yeah, that definitely yes. makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. So, uh, for someone who keeps traveling a lot uh, or someone whose workday involves a lot of, you know, uh, meetings with different people in different time zones and they don't really have a very structured life, for a person like that, what would you suggest? How can they build a routine? Well, I think that the main points are the same. Uh, keep it simple. So, uh, for example, if you travel a lot, don't build a routine around uh, being in a specific location or having specific things available to you. Uh, the only thing in my uh, in my morning routine that is uh, sort of specific is that I need to have my phone because uh, that's where I have my meditation app and I like to meditate to this uh, particular app so but I always have my phone uh, and then I need pen and paper to write um, if I don't have pen and paper I can write on my phone but I prefer to actually write by hand so that's those are the two things I need or three, I guess, pen and paper is two things. But those are the only things I need. And then uh, if you want to, for example, have a workout in the morning, which I also uh, suggest is a great thing to put in there, you don't have to have like a really complex workout. You don't have to be at a gym. Uh, you can do it as simple as just turning on some music and dancing in your room. And if you're in a hotel, that's fine. Uh, you know, that will work or go for a walk. You usually probably have shoes and, you know, there's a street outside. So go uh, walk in that or in the corridors of the hotel. That's fine if that's where you're at. Uh, so try to keep it really simple. Um, and then I would say if there are elements of your routine that are difficult to do uh, in in the environment you are, you're going to be at, uh, make a plan B. So if your regular routine is I go for a jog in the morning, okay, what can you do instead? How can you uh, switch it up so that you still get the benefits of your routine and you can stick to the basic order of it, but uh, adjust it in some way? And for people who are really busy and uh, maybe lacking structure in their day, I would 
I always go for set reminders. I love my phone because that's where I set all my reminders and that keeps track of things for me. So if I have meetings, those are in my phone, but also my reminders for my habits, uh, they come up and they tell me, okay, it's time to uh, take, a, take a second to sit down and breathe or it's time to go for a walk or whatever it is that I want to keep doing at specific times of the day. Right. I love that. Yeah. I mean, even if your routine involves some complex parts, you can always break it down into the simplest elements and do a little bit of that. Like you said that if, you, if it's not possible to go for a job, you can always go for a walk no matter where you are. And you can always meditate. Even if you, even if you don't have internet, you can just sit and meditate. Uh, meditate and count your breath like you suggested so it is possible yeah. i think all you need is determination right exactly and if you make it a habit you're gonna want to do it absolutely yeah. it will become a part of your life without even you making conscious choices yeah right so uh because you uh, because you help people have a clear vision and clear goal so i i'm assuming that most people want to be successful in life right but you have also talked about fear of success can you please share with our uh, listeners today that what exactly is fear of success and who suffers from it and how to get rid of it yes so fear of success is actually a big obstacle for a lot of people. It uh, sounds a little bit weird uh, because maybe you're more afraid of failure and you feel that that's like the natural fear. But actually a lot of people, when you dig deeper, you find that what's holding them back might be fear of success. And what that is, is not actually, well, usually not the fear of being successful in uh, reaching your goal, but it's what that entails. So the consequences of reaching your goal. So for example, that might be uh, negative reactions from others, uh, jealous or envy, uh, people uh, thinking that you're, you know, that you're full of yourself just because you had the success or people, um, having negative emotions about money, for example, if, and you might even have these emotions. And so you might feel that if I'm successful and I make all this money, people are going to think less of me. People are not going to like me. Uh, it might also be something like you having to change your life. How do you live your life? Uh, what behaviors do pe successful people have? How do they spend their time? So, for example, if you're really successful, perhaps you're going to have to spend more time in, in meetings, doing interviews, uh, writing email, and those may not be things that you actually enjoy doing. You prefer, you know, uh, doing your coding, for example, if you're a, uh, an IT person and you're developing a program, then maybe that's the thing you find most uh, exciting about your job and if you're going to be successful maybe you fear that you're going to just be sitting in meetings all the time and doing management stuff so you can work on that and I, by identifying that you can then also set up a plan for how am I not going to lose the fun parts of what I'm doing now and how can I reduce the negative impacts of those things that I'm not looking forward to having in my life um of course, uh, when you succeed in something, 
expectations are also going to rise. So if I've been successful to this level, people, including myself, are going to expect me to reach this level next time. And that might be really intimidating because, you know, the audacious goal I've already set feels big and kind of scary, but I'm excited about it. But what if I reach it and then I have to set an even higher goal? Uh, so that can be sort of intimidating and scary. Um, for myself, uh, accepting a new identity has been a challenge that I realized that I had. Um, I've been a project manager for about 10 years, and that's been part of my identity. And now that I'm uh, going into coaching full time, I've been doing it uh, as a side job before, but uh, going into coaching full time also means that I have to accept a new identity as a coach rather than as a project manager. And that can be sort of a tough thing because what does that mean for who I am, how people see me, what they think about me, what I think about myself, fear of failure within the success. So those, those two things, two fears combined. So those are some examples of uh, how fear of success might come from, uh, you know, like other fears, but, but that's how it manifests is that you're actually holding back from going for your uh, big audacious goal. Right. I, I love these points that you mentioned. And I actually have a friend who is a coder, like you gave the example. And he's recently, he launched his business and he's, he's got some crazy success in the first few months. And now he tells me that all I have to do is attend meetings and send emails and I don't get time to code. And he's feeling very frustrated in that. So like you said that mm. it's important to figure out ways in which you don't lose out the fun parts. I think for that, uh, a, a viable solution would be to outsource some things that you don't like. You can always hire people to work for you or do the things that you're not uh, passionate about. But yeah, I agree. I, I love the points that you stated. And I think that many people might actually be afraid of success without even realizing it consciously. And I'm sure this answer would be helpful to so many people, including myself. And you have also uh, talked a lot about procrastination. And I think in the pursuit of goals, whenever you're uh, following your dreams, people tend to procrastinate a lot. They tend to uh, Maybe they are afraid of success and they just keep themselves busy by doing other tasks, which is not really important in their long term, but it just keeps them busy and they're not feeling guilty anymore. So, uh, like again, like you have mentioned in your posts that not all forms of procrastination is bad or unproductive. So what are your thoughts regarding this, regarding procrastination and how can one engage in good procrastination? Well, sometimes, um, as you mentioned, sometimes uh, the procrastination is a way to avoid pursuing our uh, uh, goals or avoid doing something. So I think the first step is to actually, when you're, becoming aware that you're procrastination, you have to look at yourself and see 
what is this telling me? What can I learn from my current procrastination? Um, so, uh, am I procrastination procrastinating because I have, usually it's because of fear. So is it because I'm afraid of success or is it because I'm afraid of something? Um, and, but then it might also be because I actually need a break. Sometimes for me, uh, things need to sort of percolate in the back of my mind and, uh, my, brain needs sort of time off in order to develop an idea uh, or to reach a conclusion or to come to some insight about, for example, why am I procrastinating? I need to take a break, uh, go for a walk or do some cleaning or do something completely different just to let that sink in and um, sort of land within myself. So that's... Um, that's something really important is like looking at what is happening. Um, but then at other times, it might actually be that during your process, you realize that you missed an important point of something that needed to be done. And putting a break on what you're currently doing and going back to that other thing might actually be the best thing, might be the right thing for you right now, because that will enhance what you're trying to do right now. So uh, I think it's really about, I don't say, I don't think that procrastination in itself is always bad. It's about being conscious, as you said, being conscious. Why am I doing this? What is happening? What is happening within me? And also, what am I choosing to do instead? Am I procrastinating because my body is tired of sitting still? Well, then I, maybe I need to go for a walk or do a workout. Am I procrastinating because of anxiety? Uh, okay, what can I do to lower that anxiety in order to then be able to move forward? Or am I procrastinating because actually this is not the top priority right now? I think it is, but it should be something else. Okay, what is the actual top priority? Right. I mean, so based on what you said, uh, my key takeaways are that procrastination always gives you some kind of message. And you need to be mindful to understand what that message is so that you can implement that better. I mean, either your body or your mind needs rest or you're actually not doing the important thing. Or maybe it's some deep-seated fear in your soul of success or of failure. So yeah, that's a very uh, interesting perspective to look at procrastination. And like you said, it's not always bad. It could be a signal more than a, it's a symptom and it's not exactly a problem, I suppose. It's a symptom of a bigger problem or it's an indicator to a different form. Exactly, exactly. Listen to yourself because your mind is trying to give you uh, a message, so... Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like when people are working towards a goal, uh, I'm sure you, you can resonate with it that the initial few days are quite tough compared to how your growth will be later on. And many people, they give up during the first few months because they don't see immediate results. Even if they don't know they are on the right path, it's difficult for them to keep sticking and keep working even if they are not seeing any results. And many people also consider this to be a failure, that no matter how hard they are working, they are just failing. So what uh, message do you have for people who are currently in that stage of their lives? It's this thing we always talk about in coaching, 
growth mindset. So it's being aware that you can improve and that failure is actually a lesson for you. So if you're failing in something, then look at that. Again, awareness, awareness, awareness. What is happening here? What happened? Why didn't I... Why didn't this thing go as I had expected or as I wanted? And what can I learn from it? I'm always trying to learn from um, my challenges. Uh, and if something failed, it might be because I tried to approach it in the wrong way and I need to change my approach. Or it might be, again, a signal that actually this wasn't what I was supposed to focus on. Um, Going back to my client that I talked about before, she was struggling getting enough money in her consulting business. And when we sort of realized that you don't need to focus on consulting, you don't need more clients, consulting clients, you need to change uh, your business into online courses, that sort of released her uh, and, and uh, let her business grow in a completely different direction, but in a direction where there was actually room for growth in the way that she wanted. So um, don't uh, lose faith just because you're feeling like you're failing. Look at what that failure can teach you. And then also I want to say that a lot of people get down on themselves because they're not perfect or because things didn't go exactly as planned or because they didn't, they don't feel like they worked hard enough. And I always try to say that you should forgive yourself for your shortcomings because you're always doing your best. Uh, you're doing your best from the point where you're at right now. And I think 99% of people are. And that's also a, a thing with handling uh, uh, difficult people or, uh, you know, challenges in relationships with other people is that if you come from the point of believing that people are doing their best from where they are, then we can look at, okay, so what is that? Where are you right now? What made you not work 100%? Well, you know, I had these physical... Uh, uh, pains or I was really uh, upset by something happening in my personal life and that uh, made me not uh, give 100% at work. Well, then that was probably 100% of what you could give at that point. Or I made this decision and it turned out to be the wrong one. Well, if you'd had more information at that point, you would probably have made a different decision, but you didn't have all of that information. So you made the best decision based on what you had available to you at that point. And by sort of practicing forgiveness of yourself and of others, uh, I think that also releases us to move forward in a different way. Right. I think uh, it's, it's such a beautiful line that you said that don't lose faith in yourself because you're failing, but let that failure teach you a lesson. And that is so beautiful and so empowering. And also the importance of forgiving yourself because you did the best you could and there is no point beating yourself up over it. And you can just move on and tackle new goals. That's, that's really valuable. So uh, before we wrap this up, I have uh, I want to ask you some tips that you might have 
for self-love or self-compassion that people can practice. Of course, forgiving yourself is one of them. And aside from that, do you have uh, any tips for self-compassion? Right. Forgiving yourself and uh, not expecting perfection. Uh, I think so many of my clients go into things expecting, you know, like having unrealistic expectations on themselves uh, and if you can just look at it from the point where you would be if it was your best friend who tried to do this thing uh, would you expect all of that from them as well uh, probably not uh, I also think um, realizing that for example imposter syndrome is a thing uh that just because you're thinking that you're not good enough that you're not going to be successful that you can't do this that you're not smart enough that does doesn't mean that it's real so question those beliefs that you have about yourself and maybe ask others what do you think about me do you think i'm stupid do you think i'm incapable uh and they're probably if they're not you know, bad people going to say, no, <laughs> I think you're very capable. I think you're really good. And ask them for specific examples, perhaps, and give yourself specific examples, uh, examples of things that prove those beliefs about yourself to be wrong or disprove them uh, or point at least in the direction that you might be wrong about those things. So uh, if I'm thinking I'm going to fail, I've, I'm, I'll never succeed in everything. Okay, but you have a university, you know, like a degree from the university. So did you fail in that? No, I didn't. Okay, perfect. So you've succeeded in something or you succeeded in getting a job or you succeeded. You can always find some place in your life where you've had success. So look at that and realize that that's possible again and then look at what made you succeed what strengths do you have um and they might be really um things you haven't thought about as strengths strengths uh for example i had a client who said i always feel so bad about uh my boss praising me because i'm not working as hard as my uh, co-workers and I said, well, maybe that's because you have some uh, some um, uh, character characteristics that make you better suited for this particular job. It means that you don't have to work as hard, or I'm not stressed. I'm not stressed out like my coworkers. Well, maybe you're more not as susceptible to stress, negative stress, and that's a good thing. You shouldn't feel guilty about it. So. Uh, Try to turn around how you're thinking about yourself and question those beliefs. I love that. I love how you say that. Uh, question your beliefs. And it's so important because many people, the kind of self-talk that they do is more, most often negative. But if your brain can tell you negative things, you can always train it to tell you positive things. And that's the most right. important part, I think, according to what you mentioned, that to be compassionate to yourself, you need to treat yourself as you treat your best friend or 
of a, yeah. a relative, right? Because you are not going to be hard on your friend and say that, no, you don't deserve this. You need to work harder to deserve this. So why do we tell ourselves that? So yeah, thank you for this amazing answer. And thanks so much, Christina, for taking our time for this interview. I, I learned a lot and I'm sure it would be very valuable to everyone who's listening currently. Thank you for having me. It was a delight. Wow, that was such an amazing and eye-opening interview. I'm so happy that Christina made out the time for this interview. And I'm just quickly going to sum up the important lessons that I learned. First of all, routines, morning routines, nighttime routines, or any form of routines are important because they add some structure to your life and help you consciously stick to building good habits. The second is fear of success comes from being afraid of the consequences of what will happen when you reach your goal. You are so afraid that the expectation might not meet reality that you just rather not do the task than face the truth. Another very important takeaway is that with the growth mindset, every failure can be a lesson. These were my major takeaways. Please let me know what you learned from this interview in the comments. I would be very happy to start a discussion. And if you have any questions for Christina or for me, please let me know in the comments. You can find the links to contact Christina and to hire her as your coach in the description of this video. So that's all for this video. Thank you so much for watching it with me. I'll see you again soon. Till then, stay awesome. Bye.